Hello and welcome. Coming to you from my happy place, this is Josh. And I'm John, and I'm drinking a Cayman Jack uh, margarita malt beverage, but not in excess. Always drink responsibly. But this is the Geek ETC Podcast, where we dive into all things you can geek out about. Hello, my friend. Howdy. Uh, I should have been the guy coming to you from somewhere because today I'm coming to you from Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. You are. And you should have been eating or drinking something. Well, you're the one on vacation, so. True. Very true. How's I, things uh, back home? Busy. I noticed that Game & Jack isn't in the little bottle. It is not. I got it in a can in case I could take it somewhere that glass was prohibited. Oh. So they have cans, but they didn't have, they didn't have like just a six pack or like a 12 pack of those. It's like a mixed pack with like their other flavors. And I really only love one of the other flavors. So the other two are kind of hit or miss. I'm I'm not sure I knew that they had other flavors. So they've got like a Paloma, the margarita version. They have the... Um, they have a mojito and a Moscow mule. So there's a mojito and a Moscow mule in there as well. But I oh. like the Paloma quite a bit, but the, the mojito and the Moscow mule are fine. It's just not my, it's hard to beat the OG. OG. Yeah, for sure. Like it, that is one of my kind of vacation go-tos for sure. When it comes to like, the Cayman Jack. Yeah. It's just something about it. It just, I, I, maybe it's just because I've, I've had it a number of times on vacation that it just makes me. I just have that relation to it, you know? Yeah. I don't normally drink uh, often, you know. Right, uh, me either. I occasionally have some bourbon, maybe like a glass with you very rarely. But um, yeah, there is something about the the Cayman Jack that I enjoy, especially like the salty, like kind of like the salt flavor that it has built into it, the margarita version. So, And see, I'm not even really huge on margaritas, period. Like, Tequila is, well, other than like gin, tequila is like my least favorite of the, the spirits. Interesting. Yeah, I, I I would kind of agree with that. It's like my favorite thing, but I think it's because it's like a malt beverage and it's got that fizziness to it. It's kind of like a delicious lemonade drink. Yeah, and, and that's why I like it too. Which, speaking of delicious lemonade drinks, we went to Publix uh, yesterday to get groceries for, you know, the week for vacay. And you got to see, obviously we got our lunch there too. Uh, public subs are the bomb. And I think all the Floridians agree with that. But we, when we went there, we had um, on impulse, I saw this like half gallon of lemonade and I was like, you know, I'll get it. And I think my wife has brought me it before the lemonade, just the regular lemonade. And I enjoyed it. But this was pineapple yuzu lemonade, special what, edition from what Publix. What is yuzu? I think it's some type of like Asian, like Japanese type of citrus. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know like I've heard people talking about it as like a citrus thing and like hot sauces. Or uh, I just got some Japanese barbecue sauce last week to make a dish, and it had yuzu in it. But it is delicious. Just kind of it's not super heavy i mean it's it's heavy enough on the pineapple but like in this tropical climate or whatever you know we're on an island i guess it's not tropical tropical but there's right. palm trees um 
the that yuzu lemonade yuzu pineapple lemonade hits the spot over ice it's perfect Mm. see i don't like pineapple anything well i'm not a huge pineapple fan except for like grilled pineapple but i really enjoy um like for example those mountain dew typhoons that have that kind of pineapple-y taste to them i don't think it has a pineapple taste at all that's what it is yeah i mean it's a pineapple like it's it's a pineapple mountain dew fruit punch no it's not I think it's, 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 it, it favors you, heavy that, into the pineapple zone. Well, we'll agree to disagree on that one, but it is what it is. It is what it is. I, all I know is I saw a video a long time ago of someone trying to recreate it. Yeah, there was, there was Josh and I, when the original Mountain Dew Typhoon came out, this is, uh, um, the kind of people we are poor people and the, we really enjoyed it. And for some reason it got voted off the Island and, um, it tastes like a punch, like a tropical punch, um, type drink that you would get at a, um, at a party or whatever. And there's a lady on YouTube. We tried to find like a, someone who had recreated it with like other soft drinks. I thought it was a dude. No, it was a woman. Remember she's like, it's the same. I thought I remember I in my head maybe we've got a Mandela effect going on because I remember a guy saying it. Lady, it was a lady, hundred percent. Oh, I may have to dig deep in the archives of YouTube to see if I can find that video again. Um, I did want to touch on a few things. So my wife saw Barbie, loved it. I we both went and saw Oppenheimer oh, last week. I was going to say the the movie that just came out didn't just the like movie, see Barbie, a Barbie doll. The Barbie, the Barbie movie. We saw Barbie floating in the ocean today. It was great. Hmm. Uh, she went and saw Barbie mo- the Barbie movie. She really enjoyed it. Uh, we went and saw Oppenheimer, three hours long. I really enjoyed it. I posted a story the day uh, on our Instagram at GeekyTC Podcast on Instagram uh, the day it came out and or the day we saw it. And we both really enjoyed it. And I wanted to touch on something I think that both of those movies did really well is that when they marketed it, like obviously we knew Oppenheimer was going to be a, a biopic about Oppenheimer. And we knew that the Barbie movie was going to be about Barbies, right? Yeah. But neither one in any of their trailers, right? Gave away the entire thing, which is something that we see so rarely. I feel like now most trailers, by the time when you watch them, you're like, I know exactly what happens the entire movie. Like it's, it's so clear cut that this is like exactly what the, the storyline is going to be. I watched some trailer the other day. I don't remember what it was for, but all the comments were saying they were like, well, we, you literally showed us the entire movie. Yes. Yes. We don't, none of us have to see it anymore. And so I didn't know it was going to get into like Oppenheimer's, like uh, some of the stuff that he went through politically on, on the back end and you know, all that. And you know, the Barbie movie, you know, my wife didn't really know what to expect walking into it, but she thoroughly enjoyed it on the way out. So I want to throw some, some respect out there. Cause I think as a good storytellers, right. You know, show, not tell. We've talked about that a bunch in, um, on this podcast, show what you mean. Don't tell it. So if you're, if you're writing a book or whether you're directing something like, you know, you don't have to be like someone that says, Oh, it's cold. You can just show like when there there was, you know, frost on their breath, whatever, or, the door handle was iced over. You don't have to say because it was cold. We know it's cold because you've shown us. And I feel like Oppenheimer and Barbie kind of did that. They showed us like some good stuff, but then they didn't just make it so obvious what was going to go on. Um, 
but still looking forward to see Mission Impossible, the new one, even though I know it's going to be more of the same. Ethan Hunt's going to save the day, but uh, I would rather watch that than like Fast and the Furious 20 or whatever it's up to now, you know, because that's even more. I haven't seen, I don't know if I've seen the last couple uh, Fast and the Furiouses. I think I'm Fury Eye. I think I'm caught up on Mission Impossibles. I'm not sure that that's one of those series that um, my wife hasn't seen any of them. Oh man! And so, like we've kind of briefly talked about wanting to kind of, you know, go through and and watch watch through all those. Well, my wife is the same way. I don't think she had seen any of them, and then we went through and watched them all independently. And then we've seen a few in theaters now, which she's enjoyed. So that's on our list for the next movie to see. Um, actually I heard some people talking about mission impossible today on a podcast I was listening to, and they were saying that the, uh, that they all kind of unanimously agree that the second one was the worst one. Oh, the second mission impossible. Yeah. Which has been so long since I've seen them. I don't quite recall, but they said like the third one was the best, but the second one was the worst. And weird. I remember playing a mission impossible video game at your, one of your relatives house one time. And that was like a weird on GameCube and it was super hard. Was a Mission just... Impossible game on GameCube? Yeah, I think so. I think it was GameCube. I don't remember that. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. It was, but it was, it was hard. Like because I kept failing the stealth part. Believe it or not. No, really. I know, right? Just going in guns blazing. Um, but we're excited about that. And then obviously later this month, I thought it's actually in October, isn't it? October or September. I can't remember which one we've got Dune two coming out and I'm stoked, 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 oh, stoked. About yeah. That. Um, the, the continuation of the first Dune book, which will be amazing. That first movie was really good. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was visually stunning. It's a must see in theaters. I'm sure this did is, we uh, see that one together in theater. We did. We I, did. I don't remember. Yeah. We all went, uh, we had a double date and we went to see that. Um, we'll so have I'm to excited. do that for the other one. Well, I guess it depends on when it comes out, if we're still in country or not. Ooh, that's a good, that's a good point. Yeah, it might not be. Um, I might have to find, I might have to cheat on you and, and, and bring another couple into oh, our lives. And shameful. Go see with them. Shameful. But we're super excited about it. Um, that coming up, we actually just rewatched Dune again the other day. So pretty stoked. Um, I do want to say if you enjoyed Oppenheimer, there is a God, there's a there's a documentary that I really enjoyed that came out in 2000, the late 2000s, early 2010s. Um, that was a documentary on the proliferation of nuclear arms uh, and how easy it was for people to get nuclear weapons and like uranium, plutonium, that kind of stuff that was ready to go with the fall of the Soviet union. And it was a very scary watch. Um, you know, as I made a statement the other day, I made a uh, post on our Instagram talking about the storm, the sword of Damocles kind of hanging by a thread over top of all of us with, with that threat. I think Oppenheimer made a good point. Uh, the movie did it. It, it made it, Christopher Nolan did well in getting that across like some of the issues, um, just like how they thought that it would end, like nobody would ever want to fight again, you know, because this weapon existed and then it became an arms race, just the same way that everybody thought world war one would be the world, the war to end all wars. And then it just created arms race. And so it is, um, that's a good watch. I wish I could remember that offhand, but, uh, I'm sure 
I'll find it and post it at some point on the Insta. Hmm. I watched a movie the other day, way different from, I guess it, it could involve some, you know, larger than life explosions, but of a much different variety. It was a movie that came out a while, uh, I think it was last year, but it was, uh, Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Is this the, the newest Dragon Ball movie that came out? That's I literally while while you were trying to get your audio set up, I was literally you know doom scrolling Instagram, and I came across a like a video of a little boy who survived four hundred stings from African bees, and he said he channeled like his combat form from Dragon Ball Z. So, hey, it it works, man. Yeah, I guess he went Ultra Instinct and made it through the the bee stings. Oh, wouldn't that be funny if that's exactly... I don't know if he said Ultra Instinct or what he said, but he said it was some type of thing. Probably. <laughs> it was funny that uh, you bring that up now. But, uh, like, I've I've always been a fan of the Dragon Ball series. It's, it was kind of my favorite... Dragon Ball Z was my probably my favorite cartoon growing up. Um, And I've kind of stuck with it, you know, as I've got older, they came out with Dragon Ball Super, and then a handful of movies, you know, coinciding with that. Um, I've just always been a fan. And so it's, like, some of those characters I've essentially grown up with since I was a kid. I've, you know, watched these same characters so many times through all these years. So, like, I haven't watched any Dragon Ball anything in a long time, in a handful of years, but when I started this movie the, the other day, like, it was just, it was kind of like instantly, like, when you have, like, a good friend you haven't talked to in a while, and when you talk to him again, then just, it's like you never stop talking kind of yeah. thing. I just, like, instantly, you like, yeah, I know all the characters. I know every, like, all the relationships to each other and everything. So it was just like hopping right back into it. That's awesome, man. Yeah. It, it was, was pretty uh, interesting. It was a good movie for, yeah, I, I thought it was good. It, it, uh, for those who know about the dragon ball stuff, it, um, the, the typically the main, you know, things center around either like, you know, when there's a bad guy, Goku and Vegeta are the ones who usually come and save the day, but they were kind of off training on a different planet with the, god of destruction lord beerus the he's like a, a sphinx kind of cat man purple cat dude um and this movie was more centered around piccolo and goku's son gohan who is okay. an adult in this so it was really kind of focused around those two as as characters my wife's been really into pickles lately a little different it, they are both green <laughs> they I are say both that. green yeah, I remember seeing like that first, the first Dragon Ball Z thing I ever saw was, you know, in a single wide trailer, Mountain Dew and Pizza Hut at like, you know, this youth leader type guy's house. Um, oh, yeah. I remember you mentioned yeah. that on another episode. <laughs> yeah. And it was Frieza, you know, and I remember Piccolo, like their whole planet getting, you know, messed up and dynamic. Yeah. Uh, yep. Wild. But I was always a Piccolo fan because of that. And they're like, oh, Piccolo is not that great, you know, but. I, I like Piccolo. Piccolo's I think he's awesome. Cool I think he's a cool dude. He doesn't mess around. He he gives it to him for sure. He does those finger guns. The special beam cannon. We call it finger guns where I'm from. Well, you're wrong. So I wanted to say too before we get into anything else. So today we finally did something which I really enjoyed. Um, it was the first day of our vacation where you know we came in. First of all, people need to focus on their driving a little bit because mm. what should have been a five-hour drive from us from Western North Carolina to Hilton Head 
um, turned into eight plus hours and it wasn't all my fault. Like it wasn't what? a, like, it wasn't like taking my son to the bathroom or doing whatever. It was just wreck after wreck after wreck after wreck after wreck. And we were avoiding what we could. We we're going around what we also could. All I have to say is pay attention to what you're doing. Drive responsibly. Cause man, there was so many people and, uh, especially, uh, next Saturday. Cause, uh, I'm going up to, to the Outer Banks and I don't want to be bothered by it. So, um, please I, drive responsibly then as well. I will agree with that. I feel like in the past couple years, like I, I know that there was like a big thing that like when a lot of this kind of COVID stuff started happening, that a lot of, uh, um, police departments in different like, you know, states all throughout the country. There's so many of them that like, they stopped enforcing certain like laws and things are just not as harshly kind of deal. Yeah. And, and there's so, been depleted Manning as well. There's what? Like depleted Manning as well. Exactly. Like yeah. There, there's a, agencies. A lot of the, the the staffing took major hits and stuff. So because of that, they kind of like, you know, certain either traffic things or stuff, they've kind of just backed off on. And I think a lot of people realize that and took way drastic advantage of it. And, since then, in the past couple of years, I have seen, like, I'm, 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 you know, when I'm driving, I'm typically one of the, like, either, like, speed limit to five over kind of people. And, like, I've always been that way. I, I, I'm a very patient person, and I've never, you know, tried to really, like, rush to get anywhere. So, I, I drive kind of what you're supposed to, but every single day, even when I'm going, like, five over, people are going, like, easily like 15 faster than me and like zipping around me yeah all the time yeah and I'm like, um, i don't know where they got to get to in such a hurry but people well, yeah, are just even, flying everywhere well even here like getting we got onto hilton head island proper like once you actually get into it and then the traffic eased up we got past well, we didn't get past but a vehicle next to us got past on the right like almost into the like they almost jumped the the um, curb into the grass and their little Mazda three. I was like, what are you, where are you guys going in such a hurry on Hilton head Island? Like, you know, yeah, it wasn't seriously. a local tag. It wasn't like, they're like, I got to get, you know, I get if they were a local person and they had to poop. Right. And I, I was get getting home. ready to say, and I, I said this, I think it was to my, me and my mom were having the same kind of discussion about driving stuff. And I think that my, I, my, I had a flashback to what you said. And I said the same thing. I said, well, maybe because she was talking about some driver that like, flew around the corner basically like tokyo drifted around the corner they were going so fast and she didn't know how they didn't go on two wheels and that was my kind of uh rebuttal was just well maybe they had to poop real bad maybe they're about to poop their pants you know and like that's about one of the only excuses i could give like unless they're like about to have a kid or like on their way to the hospital because something crazy bad happened or you just are about to you get you got the really bad you know situation going on in your stomach I can kind of give them a little lee leeway because I've been there before. Yes. And it, it is a terrifying, horrible situation and uh, I'm scared to death of it. Mm. It'll make you sweat. Um, it will make you sweat, you know, and today, so today speaking of going fast, we got to go out on our favorite thing to do, which is the commander Zodiac ride at Hilton head Island, which is uh -huh. a ride on a rigid hole inflatable boat, um, in dolphin tour. And, you know, I'm we love it because, we love it because it's like the dolphins are practically jumping into your boat. You see sharks. Um, there's been manatees around the island this year popping up quite a bit. Um, 
so we saw a bunch of dolphins today jump in. We saw some, you know, young, less than year old dolphins with their mom, um, all eating fish and playing and getting frisky. And it's just a fun thing to be do. Plus being out on the water, you know, if, if you're somebody that like lives around water and maybe you go on the, you've got a boat or whatever, um, you might take it for granted, but you know, me as a Midwesterner who never got to see the ocean now that I'm an adult, I'm like, Oh, the ocean's wild. And I like to be on it. So, um, yeah. And we finally, we took our son for the first time on this tour and he, he enjoyed it for the most part. He was looking for, uh, an alien from Ultraman though, the whole time. And I should have shut it down earlier. I should have told him, Hey, it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was like, you just got to look for it. And then he couldn't find it. And he's yelling at the dolphins, asking him for it. And he's asking the captain of the ship, you know, have you seen alien bows? And he's like, what are you talking I'm like, it's, a, it's like a, from a cartoon. It's like from the 80s Ultraman series in Japan. I don't know. But um, it was a lot of fun. I loved doing it. I posted some, some videos uh, and something we'll talk about later. And I might post one or two on our Instagram coming up. Um, I keep forgetting to take pictures of my food like a regular influencer and post it. It's always oh, almost done. Like whenever Instagram first came out, that's, that's all it was. And Twitter, yeah, it, was, it was just pictures of your food. Yeah, exactly. One of my, so, I think one of my first Instagram posts back when it first came out was of the uh, patented pizza cake. Oh, yeah. That we made way back in the day of just two DiGiorno pizzas stacked on top of each other don't give away the secret recipe josh i didn't there was, there was more there, there okay there, i'm there, just there, saying there more that's like that kfc dude that got fires like, you want to know what the secret spices are mm. salt pepper cumin we're whatever. also not running a global chain off of our secret recipe so not well, yet now that you've spoiled that they don't know mm. we could have been little caesar's executives hmm about to drop the hottest pizza cake of the year could be we'll see we will see um but you're enjoying your vacation so far yeah man we got some mini golf planned obviously beach and pool trips you know we got a we always stay in a nice condo uh in a condo complex same place that we stayed with you yeah uh, really short walk to the beach i mean just through the parking lot the the condo complex has beach access with like two piers you just walk right out to the beach and then nice pool, um, you know, a few too many people. You know, one thing that bothers me is people who co-opt like an area um, as their own. That like it's a public space. I, I guess it's kind of one of those things like when you go somewhere oh. and somebody's just playing music on their phone so loudly at a restaurant. There's a term but, for that. It's uh, basically like there's even a, like a Reddit for it called like I am the main character. Oh yeah. It's a main character syndrome basically where everyone else is NPCs and it's just their world kind of thing. Well, I see that a lot, you know, people just not moving out of people's way. Sometimes like somebody won't move out of my son's way and then I'm coming at them and then they definitely will. Right. Um, but like today we were at the pool and there was just people and like, I get it. Like I get the, the like you like, I want to relax and I want to listen to my music and they're there. And to be fair, the first, like what they were listening to was like classic, you know, rock, like Boston, which we both enjoy. Right. You know, more than a feeling was the thing on, but it wasn't like, Oh, just, they can hear it. It was, mm -hmm. I can hear it and I'm 50 feet away and every lyric, every note. 
And I just don't understand the need for that when you could just have headphones in or you guys could be playing it quietly. I mean, yeah, you're you at a pool. A, yeah, you could play it loud enough to where you and your kind of group right there could still hear what it is. Or again, like if I was in a situation I wanted to listen to music, I would totally, like, I don't have any problems with just putting headphones on. No. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And they, they were with, it was, it seemed like two couples, like in their probably fifties, um, oh. you know, drinking also, which you're not supposed to drink in the pool. I'm not going to take, I'm not going to disobey the rules of the condo complex, but there are so many people drinking the pool hmm. and then it, you're intermixed with, um, families with children. And then you're taking up all this space. It's just like, go drink on the patio, like get out of the pool. Yeah. Or go, go like pregame, pregame in your condo and then come out here and just relax. Yes, exactly. I mean, teach their own. It wasn't that big a deal. Like nobody was getting rowdy or anything like that. It's a pretty chill place. I just don't like it when, you know, it's just the same thing as somebody playing their music all the time. Like, like, I don't, I don't always want to hear your music. You know what I'm saying? I've had like, that happen not... in like walking through like a supermarket at the grocery store and someone has their phone and they just got like speakerphone, like blaring music yeah. as they're walking just through the grocery store. I'm like, what about this? Doesn't, this is not the time and the place for that. Like, why does. Sometimes I feel like it's almost like they want to be cool. Like listen to my music. It makes me a cool person my music or it's tough people music. Maybe it's like metal or something like that. And I think there is like a machismo factor for those, like, you know, for people that listen to metal or like, you know, different raps or whatever, like where like automatically you fit the, like, I'm a, I'm a heavy metal, I'm a, you know, person or whatever. Mm. And the music is tough. Ergo, I am tough, which is not the case, you know? Um, like I like to sing lullabies when I strangle people at jujitsu, you know what I'm saying? Or like that kind of thing. Like I'm glad I, you said I, at jujitsu. Yeah. At jujitsu. <laughs> I had, that's my disclaimer, you know, um, like that, that kind of stuff. Like it, it'd be really weird if I was rolling with somebody and I was like, like, you know, doing like something, you know, like a Metallica song or like, you know, something heavy. Are you down with the sickness? Pantera or something. But you know, when you're singing like, like oh, like a little drummer boy in June to a person while you're snuggling with them and you know strangling them with their own clothes. I think that's like even cooler than it's almost kind of an know. insult to injury. That's no, then it's I mean, just not, like not, oh, they're just you're just being nice. It would be weird if I was just yeah. like if it was a making fun of them song, but right, yeah. But I don't know. It's just one of those things that's bothered me. Like a lot of people not getting out of people's ways. You know, yesterday we were at a Walmart. We were at a Walmart. Well, there's your first problem. But it's Hilton Head. So the Walmart's not like your typical Walmart, right? It's a lot of tourists. Well, maybe it not didn't used to be. Well, maybe not. But we were there at the Walmart getting a few things first, specifically wanting to get some type of canopy because we didn't, we forgot to bring our, um, or we, we, we neglected to bring our um, canopy and we wanted something to sit underneath. So we figured we'd get some type of sunshade yeah. there. And that's what we went there for originally. And then we got a few groceries before we went to Publix and there was a line. So there was a line. They had one register open on a Saturday or on a Sunday at Walmart and Hilton head when all of the tourists are there getting groceries, right? They had one register open with a, with an employee there. And I almost always tend to go towards an employee because I don't like, uh, self checkouts because 
they take jobs away from people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my own little protest against that kind of thing. And so I, but the line for that was so, I mean, we're talking like 45 minutes long for like the self for the like in-person cashier. And so we got in like the probably slightly shorter one to go self checkout. And I go to the back of the line, which is extremely long. And some lady walks up to me and my wife and my, my seven-year-old child. And she's like, well, she's like, actually the line's supposed to go this way. And, uh, something mm-hmm. to that effect. And I was like, well, this is where the line was. And I just got in behind it, but man, it had me feel I was like, who is this Walmart Nazi? Right. You know, it wasn't an employee, you know, it was like some, I don't want to like, just guess what her like social status yeah. was. But by the way, she was dressed. It was, she, she it was higher than mine. Right. Mm. Like she, she has money. That's what it seemed like. Like she was like well to do. And it's almost like, she's like, I don't like, did you not expect confrontation to me? Did you expect me to just be like, Oh well, yes. Oh, of course oh. ma'am. We'll, we'll go, we'll go the way you want us to go. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The, the line police has spoken, so we must obey. Yeah, we must obey. I'm like, this is this you're we're in the same place right now and you have no idea what my mental status is or like who I am. We are complete strangers and you're telling me to move a line at a Walmart. Right. We're not at Whole Foods, sweetheart. We're at Walmart. <laughs> like anything like, goes. I feel like you have like figure out your priorities. Like if that's what you're griping about is it like where someone got in line at a Walmart and it's not exactly where you would want them to be, then. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also a moving line and you're behind me. You could just make it go wherever you want. Like, and sh- then she starts talking to another lady behind her and she's like, it's supposed to go this way, like down the aisles instead of down the other aisle that we were on. I'm like, I can't help how that everybody queued up. Like we're all sheep. We're just going to like, if there's like a line for the most part, people are just going to hop in the queue. Otherwise it looks like you're jumping the queue and people are going to be, angry at you mm. you know and you don't want to deal with that at a walmart that um, makes but sense. she didn't care well, anyways dang. it was just it was just a silly situation but it was funny i didn't i didn't say anything bad to her i was just like this is where the line was this is why i'm in line here right i don't care and then we looked back like a couple like a couple minutes later as we were finally moving up and she was nowhere to be found so i don't know what she was doing she had she had to go to the other line to try and enforce some things over she there. probably did yeah she probably did I don't know. I guess people got it. Sometimes people have so little control of their own lives that they try to exert control over other people's. Um, Ooh, that's yeah. a statement. It is a statement. Well, I think there's a lot of issues that come from that. Yeah. I'm sorry. You had a couple little run-ins with some annoying people, but overall I'm glad you're enjoying your vacation. It's, Thank you. It's a, it's a good thing to do from time to time. If you're able to get the chance. Absolutely. Yeah. Vacation's important. Getting away, relaxing, you know, try not to schedule anything. I think that's a huge deal. Play it by ear, you know, or if there's somebody who like my father, he came last year and he's a very like type A, do, 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 go, 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 go guy. And like, what are we doing for dinner later? Like, I don't know. We'll figure it out. That's what I enjoy doing. I'm very much on the same page of take it a moment by moment kind of thing. And yeah, exactly. So it's been fun. It's been a lot. It was, it, I look forward to this week. My, I'll take my son to a, you know, we talked about mini golf. There's a cool pirate one and then we're gonna take him to the arcade and uh, like, let him play some old games, maybe some skee ball, earn some tickets and get some toys, which I think he'll, he'll really enjoy. That's awesome. 
Well, cool, man. Uh, you know what else is enjoyable? What's that? Being part of a growing community. Ooh. Speaking of which, you know, we have a growing community of geeks here at Geek ETC. You know, that we talk about often here on the podcast. Um, and we've mentioned, you know, at least a couple times about our community of patrons over at patreon.com slash podcast. They can support the show from there, can't they? They can. For just a couple bucks a month, you can support what we're doing here, keep awesome content coming your way, um, paving the path for a lot of awesome future content coming down the pipeline, especially here pretty soon in the next uh, couple weeks. Um, We've kind of, I'm sure, talked about it to death, but, you know, as you know, Baldur's Gate 3 is coming out, and we're both extremely stoked for that. So, yeah, speaking of which, when this episode releases, we'll have done a drawing for a free copy of Baldur's Gate 3, uh, or at least later today we'll have that drawing going on, um, which all people had to do is like the post, be a follower on our Instagram, and give us a rating on any podcasting platform and take a screenshot and send it to us to enter for a, you know, a $59 game. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see who comes out on top of that. Yeah, cool stuff. And also, I wanted to talk about that, you know, if you are a crew member there at Patreon, finally, after many hours of extensive work, and still not quite done, but it's at least uh, operational, if you are a crew member of our uh, Patreon, you now uh, get access to our community Discord that we have made. Geek ETC Discord, and I, we've already been posting in that as though people were already here, and that's been fun. And so I'm I'm pretty excited to share that with everybody as well. Yeah, it's basically a just going to be a little community where like-minded geeks can come together to have some discussions about different topics. Basically, you know, once you get in there, you'll see that there's you know a bunch of different channels related to different topics like. Gaming, TV shows, movies, books, paranormal, cars, lots of different stuff. Aliens, because God knows we talk about that enough yeah, on the show. True. And so you can just they're, they're kind of divide into different topics. You can go in there. If you see some something interesting that's going on or you just want to talk about the topic, you can uh, post right there in those channels and talk, you know, and we'll contribute and talk directly with us in there and talk about some cool uh, things that we geek out about. Yeah, and share your stuff with us. That's what's most important. Is you know, we we from the beginning, this has always been like kind of like a community oriented show because uh, we're just dudes. There's nothing special about us. We're just you wanted to do a podcast, and we did, I agreed to do a podcast with you, and we're having fun. And yeah, um, you know, we we don't know everything, but we do uh, think that there is a need for camaraderie. You know, uh, we're kind of on the opposite side of like the classic Modern Warfare 2 lobby where we're ready to be everybody's buddy and, and talk to everybody. Right. And there's also um, on there, that'll probably be, you know, a- as this uh, project continues and goes on, you know, throughout the months and hopefully years, uh, the uh, Discord, there's an announcements channel in there as, where, as well where that'll probably be you know that that channel will be the first to get any kind of updates or announcements regarding things that we're working on things that we're doing you know potentially future uh giveaways or contests that we're running they'll probably all get posted there first so if you're in that community you know you'll have a heads up before anybody else typically 
exclusives. Yeah, and then and, and some exclusive stuff in there for uh, members of the Discord, especially members of the uh, Patreon. So again, go uh, join up patreon.com slash podcast, and you can get access to our Discord and be part of the community. Absolutely, yeah. Please, uh, please join. All righty. Well, um, vacations are are fun and uh, kind of diving into what we're going to, you know, talk more about today. Um, as I mentioned, you know, I'm, g- I'm glad that you're able to take the time and have this vacation. You know, vacations are oftentimes a, you know, used for a mental break of sorts or a mental reset, um, a chance to get away from the day-to-day hustle and hecticness of life and kind of just, you know, ignore a lot of your responsibilities for a little while. And at least think, put them on the back burner. Yeah. At least for, yeah, on the back burner for, you know, a couple days a week, maybe, maybe, maybe longer if you're lucky. And I, I think that it's, that's an important thing to do from time to time. And what we're going to kind of talk about is just, um, I guess a little bit more of a serious topic today. Um, but basically just around the idea of mental well-being and mental wellness. And I think it's a topic that's it's been pretty um it's been talked about a lot lately. I think I think mental wellness and that kind of thing has been like on blast. Like people are are, are throwing it out there. You see commercials for better help and all these different mm-hmm. uh companies and such that deal with that um you know and this is just kind of our take on it and josh and i aren't necessarily mental health uh professionals but we are people who who, just like everybody else everybody is allowed to have their own opinion on this stuff and speak to their own expertise and you know i will say that i've worked um with a lot of mentally ill people emotionally disturbed people um in my in different my career field and um but I'm only, I, I come at it from a couple different ways. I come at it from my personal experience and what I've seen and where I've been to with it. And, you know, not everything's like, you know, um, somebody who's, who's emotionally disturbed and you know, manic or whatever. I mean, it could mm. be as simple as, you know, you're angry at, at traffic and driving around it aggressively, you know, like there's, and we're going to give our thoughts on some things and, you know, um, yeah, we will kind of throw out a, some of, uh, things that have helped us through our life, you know, things that we've used or, you know, implemented to, you know, either deal with some mental stress or just to help us kind of cope with things or, you know, keep ourselves in check in a, in a you know, manner of speaking, just some things that have helped us deal with some stuff. And we're not perfect. Also, it's important to note, you know, for all of us, for everyone that we all make mistakes and not only do we make mistakes, um, we're going to continue to make mistakes, even though we're striving not to. And that's important for people to know and realize and be able to work past that. And I think we're coming at it with a little bit of that as well. Like Josh and I are going to make mistakes. I'm, you know, I, I talked about some time ago, I forget what episode it was. The don't get angry at traffic. Just pretend they have to poop their pants and they'll help right. you out. But there are definitely times I'm like this idiot. Oh, I'm angry, right? And I'm dealing with some like it affects my mood, and I'm not following my own advice, right? Which is a huge deal. Very much so. Very much so. Alrighty. Um, 
So one thing I would recommend, um, and there's a couple of books that I'm familiar with, and one of those books is, is something I've read, and I thought it was a very poignant an appropriate book and dealing with kind of like some of our modern issues today that we deal with, like our 21st century problems. And um, it's not the answer to everything, but it was a nice outside look at everything. And that's uh, a book called Tribe by Sebastian Younger. And um, Sebastian Younger is a former conflict reporter. He's not a mental health specialist. He's not a therapist. He's not got a PhD next to his name. Uh, he reported from war zones. And then he started researching kind of like what's going on with people, you know, like why do people hurt themselves? Why do people do this? And why do people do that? And he goes down and, and kind of breaks things into um, essentially we, we live in populations that are, you know, we're dealing with, especially now with the social media, you're dealing with millions of people versus um, the kind of tribal support structure and family units that us as a species at different levels of civilization had and were really able to maintain well. And I think it's mm. a good book to look at and to kind of finding your tribe and what your tribe is. Kind of like how we would want people, and this isn't really me trying to plug it, but kind of one of the reasons why we like the discord is we want people to be able to come there and talk to us about things. And, you know, we want you to have people you can talk to uh, in a safe place, in a place where nobody's gonna make fun of you or people aren't going to, you know, uh, post, you know, they're not going to make fun of you for what you post. Yeah. We talk about what do you geek out about? Right. Cause everybody geeks out about different things. And sure. Um, that's, kind of where we're at and, and, and no, um, so, like we are not anybody to judge anybody else for you know things that they geek out about and neither absolutely. is anybody else as long as it's morally okay you know what i'm saying like right it's yeah. a morally okay thing and it's not hurting anyone then then really like if you like something and you enjoy it you should be happy about it you shouldn't have to hide it um and like i said so check out this the book tribe by sebastian younger it's not a long read, uh, but it comes from his place as a conflict reporter, conflict itself, you know, being in dangerous situations and then studying different groups, you know, um, like the Maasai warriors from, from uh, Africa and Amazonian tribes, people and that kind of thing. And I think it's a really good look um, because we, the people listening to this more than likely, you know, aren't hunting lions in the savannah, you know, or as a Maasai warrior, you, you know, we don't have, I don't think our analytics show that we have any Maasai warriors listening to us, um, but they're wrapped up in their own thing, you know? And so you learn a little bit from those people who are, who are living the day to day stuff and, and making it. And yeah, couldn't recommend the book more. I really enjoyed it. And I, it made a lot of sense to me. Right. And kind um, of just talking about, you know, obviously, you know, there's a lot of, craziness going on in the world today and and so many people have a lot you know a lot of stressors and a lot of uh anxiety hanging on them what now uh today and i actually heard a discussion one of his earlier today or yesterday um i think it was on an episode of rogan that they were talking about um you know our parents and you know grandparents often they talk about they use the metaphors of I had to walk uphill both ways, barefoot and six feet of snow and how, you know, 
they always had it tougher than, you know, our generation and everything. Um, but if you look at it now, the, you know, generation growing up now, I feel like they have it way harder than we did growing up. It's kind of flipped a little bit with, you know, because the generations, you know, the younger generations now, they're growing up and they're always, you know, exposed and connected to all the social media and all this kind of, you know, and because of that, you know, everyone's always, you know, kids are always comparing themselves to everybody else. You know, there's all these filters on everybody. So you feel like you have to kind of look a certain way or act a certain way. And, you know, there's a lot of cyberbullying that goes on and everything. So trying to fit in in today's society with all this social media stuff, I just feel like that almost seems like an impossible task to me. And I'm glad that I'm not, you know, growing up as a young kid right now. You know, and I would, I would agree with that. I think uh, everybody has a victim mentality and, it, and it's okay to have that because it's okay to have like, it doesn't matter if you're the richest person in the world or you're the poorest, everybody cries, right? That's why I like to think about everybody sheds tears. Everybody has a rough time. You know, if it's not being, if your yacht isn't working, it's okay if it affects you and it's rough, right? The same as if somebody like, they're not on the same level ideologically. Like if somebody can't get water, fresh water, but if some, if you're that person, it's your life and something bad goes on. If the motor breaks on your yacht and it's going to cost you $50,000 to fix, that's a stressful time. People don't have any, um, appreciation for that because, well, it's the rich guy, but this whole thing is an individual thing. It's what you deal with on an individual basis. It's just like somebody's pain tolerance, right? Some people, you know, being punched in the face hurts really bad. Mm. Other people, it's okay. They get hit in the face for a living, right? Or they go pay money to do it. Uh, You know, they pay a hundred something bucks a month to go get it done to them uh, by other adults, right? Yeah. Everything's individual basis. So I think, yes, I think now um, when we were younger and I, I don't know that this necessarily, I'm not going to say it doesn't apply to you because you definitely had friends um, and you had neighbors and stuff like that. But like I had a tribe, I had a group of friends, you know, I had a tribe at home, right? I had one, two, three, four neighbor, five neighbor friends who were my age, who mm-hmm. lived on the same street in Kansas as me, who I could, we would play. Right now there was drama between people and, you know, three of them were, were women, actually three, three of us were boys. And then there was three women, three girls uh, on the street. And of course there was like drama between that, you know, like I would get mad at the guys and, you know, not want to hang out with them. Or I'd get mad at the girls and not want to hang out with them. But I had this tribe at home that I could do things with. We were outside playing. Um, We weren't worried about fashion. We didn't know who you know, models were, we didn't know what the fanciest clothes were. Mm. We didn't know any of that stuff unless you knew somebody who came from a place that owned those things. Um, you know, like their parents were doctors. And so they're right. like, Oh, Patagonia jackets are nicer than your Kmart jacket, you know? And of course everybody was wearing like Charlotte Hornets jackets back then anyways. So, um, same thing with me, you know, I was an athlete sports, you know, I wrestled, tribe, track, shot put in discus, tribe, football, tribe. 
right? You know, I had friends from all those things. And then just in school in general, friends, tribe. I think now so many of these friendships are just skin deep and people aren't really getting to know each other on mm. the most unique things. You know, I play video game with so-and-so, that's all I know about them, right? Or uh, I see somebody post a meme, I post a meme, you know, you know, getting to know somebody's humor is important, but it seems like we've kind of dumbed things down um, mm. while also just kind of like uh, letting social media affect us too much. The, people swatting each other. Oh, Lord. You know, like getting angry at things. People posting things on Instagram or, or Photoshopping things and sending them around schools and picking on the poor people, you know, like or, or somebody that's ugly or somebody that's a little chubby or whatever or they perceive as ugly. It's one of those things that um, used to, you could get away from, right? There was no chance that somebody would outside of their parents being Hollywood special effects, people be able to doctor up a picture right. of one of your classmates, you know, with something bad on them. Or on top or, of that, like, you know, if you, yeah, something was happening to school, once you left school, it was, it was done. Like when you went home, like there was, the interaction didn't follow you home or anything. Like no, you might still think about it or something, but you know, you could go home and then play with your friends outside and then you weren't even thinking about it until maybe going back to school. But now, you know, a kid will go home and they'll open up Facebook or Instagram yeah. or something. And they've got messages from all these people reiterating yes. all the stuff. You can't escape it. Yes. And it's so easy to hit send. And then the damage is done, whether you want it to be done or not, you know, just like you said, they're, to, to talk to each other. And this is a kind of, this is not meant to sound like a mile up hill both ways or whatever, you know, or walking to school in the barefoot, but you know, there, there wasn't like people had to call you on your home phone if they wanted to talk to you, especially friends, there was no text messaging either. So there is something to be said about like interpersonal conflict and how that's diminished over mm -hmm. the years. And it, it's something that people aren't good at. It's something people aren't usually, they're not good at talking to people. They're not good at dealing with conflict. You know, I mean, I know um, I've had, just, I don't know how many interactions throughout my life that like a argument or something started because the conversation initiated through text message and through text message, you can't, you know, get inflection or, you know, uh, like you can't really tell how someone is saying something and you're just reading it and your brain is coming up with how they said it. Yes. And you misinterpret things. Yes. I, I had a specific instance where a, a woman I worked with, um, asked me to do something over message. She asked me to do this thing cause she knew I would do it without like giving her a hard time. And I, it was an easy thing to do. She just didn't want to, you know, I'm a nice guy and she knew I would do it. And so I went to go do it and I did it, you know, I was like, Hey, I took care of that thing. And she said, you're awesome to me. And I said, tell me something I don't know. And I, I was like, yeah, you, like I'm a playful, but we had never, we had never really talked face to face. Right. So she had no idea that that would just be like some snarky thing. Right. So until we met face to face months later, she thought I was arrogant and a jerk. Oh and God. I meant it, like, like when people say you're awesome, you know, you're like, ah, you can shove it off or you can be like, ah, tell me something I didn't know. Uh, like it was meant to be silly. It was meant to be funny. On yeah, my part. Like if you could have verbally heard or, you know, auditorily heard you say it, then 
there you know you it wouldn't have been misconstrued like you would have you would have heard the sarcasm you would have heard the playfulness of it yes but just reading that like I, I mean i can understand how like yeah if you just read the words and you didn't really know the person you could be like oh well geez fine then Okay. Yeah. Weird. Stuck up. I mean, that's that, and that's what she thought. And, you know, that's an important thing to remember too, is that like 85% of our communication is nonverbal. Um, you know, so when you guys are watching this and we're talking to each other, it's hard for you guys to imagine like uh, Josh and I aren't talking with our hands. You're not able to see certain emotions that we are able to convey um, through just an auditory podcast because the English language, you know, like when we speak, um, there it is so much of it is made up of, of nonverbal cues and motions and facial expressions. Um, you know, just think about somebody smiling at you makes you feel comforted. Somebody frowning at you makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I think that's a huge deal. Uh, but going back to what you're talking about, I think that is this generation does have it rough. Um, you know, people say, well, I survived modern, the kids these days wouldn't survive a modern warfare two lobbies. And I think they would, mm. I think they would, it's, it's one of those things where people, I think they would do just fine, but kids are just constantly berated and, and they have to deal with stuff. And even adults now, you know, like it, this stuff aged with this too. If oh, you're yeah. still involved in this, you know, we were on discord, we have an Instagram, we have, uh, you know, like I have personal Instagrams, that kind of thing. We are also dealing with the repercussions of technology you know leaping so far ahead uh in our personal world i think there's people that haven't like emotionally matured sometimes and are stuck in certain places and they want to be kim kardashian or whatever and they're not going to be and you know they're always gonna keep trying to fight themselves into that position yeah. and, and anybody you know, who's ever had a, disappointed anybody who's ever tried to you know run or operate a youtube channel you know knows about youtube comments and yeah. how like much of a you know dumpster fire that can be sometimes now oftentimes it's 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 you know unless you're really trying to you know use that and you know connect with you know the community and stuff then like that you're you're always going to have those youtube comments that are just negative for the sake of being negative because that's someone it makes someone feel better about themselves kind of thing yeah. And you got to yeah. just kind of ignore those things sometimes. Typically those people that are posting the things are broken people themselves. Oh, honestly. Yeah. And they, it, it makes them feel better to push somebody a little bit further down so they can step up a little bit higher, you know? So it's not just like, Hey, screw that guy who posted that thing. We also need to say like, why is this guy? Why, why do you feel the need to say that kind of thing? Why do you feel the need to post that kind of thing? Like, why are you a troll? Is it for, is it just to make yourself feel better or is it just, you know, what is it? I think that's an important thing as well. Um, you know, we talked about the ease of access to making comments and, and that kind of thing. You know, it brings me back to put another story from when I was in high school. And um, I remember there was a young man who was a couple, like a grade below me, who I thought we were, we weren't close friends, but I thought we, we got along with each other. I thought he was not... Like I, he knew that I was a playful person and, um, I remember he caught a football outside the school one day and I just kind of wrapped him up. I didn't hug him, squeeze him or anything like that. I acted like I was tackling him. Like he caught it and was like running towards me and I acted like I wrapped him up and he was a smaller person, much smaller than me. Um, and 
he got really angry at me and like yelled and then asked me to meet him to fight him after school in front of everybody. And I was like, I don't think you want, you know, back then, I mean, people, you went to high school with me, people knew I was not, you know, I was a, a really good wrestler. And then, you know, that was probably after I had fought that man downtown, mm. you know, like when I was in high school where I beat up that guy trying to rob a lady. And, um, you know, I, uh, I wasn't a violent person. I wasn't a bully by any stretch, but I mean, no, but no stranger to physical conflicts. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm fine with violence. Like I, I speak that language well. And so I was just like, okay, buddy. And I remember going home. And so he called me and he was like, he did this big apology over the phone and that he did not want to fight me and all this other stuff. But in the heat of the moment, I think he was just trying like to be bravos and of his friends. I don't know what made him think, like, I don't know how I, what I did to make him feel that way, but that's also something even then I really didn't look at, um, until right now I've not really thought about it. Like what, maybe I should just left him alone in the first place. If I emasculated him in some way, I can't help how he feels based on my interaction. I can just try to do the best I can. Yeah. And I think that was an issue. Um, so, you know, as looking back now on my 16 year old self, I would have said, well, I'm sorry too. I wasn't trying to emasculate you. I wasn't trying to do anything wrong. Um, you know, I apologize for my part in this, you know, and other than me kind of like laughing, like, Oh yeah, you're, you know, I didn't say it to him, but I was like, you're lucky you didn't want to go through with this. But that's kind of the attitude that I had. Like, okay, I'm glad you're glad you agreed that you don't want to fight me now, you know, yeah. but it's, it's one of those things. So, um, you know, it's hard, especially for us. Like, you know, we've been pretty lucky, uh, with our Instagram so far. Like we've not had a lot of negative stuff. We've not gotten really negative messages. Uh, you know, people aren't trying to braid us and we're trying to be good with, you know, there's a lot of other podcasters out there. When you're a fledgling podcast, one of the things that you get a lot of is other podcasts wanting to follow you and you follow back and there's some little interaction between each other. But we try to be, play, we try to be friendly and jovial with other ones. There's been some really great ones. Oh, yeah. um, a shout to uh, Skyler from Realms of Roleplay and his Fireside Dice thing. He's, he, for, for example, he's he's been one. Um, like I can I can name several, but he's been one who has been um, very very nice from day. He just seems like a genuine guy. Like you can kind of tell. Um, oh, for sure. Based on yeah, based on awesome. the interactions that we've had with him online, that he's you know uh, his he seems really nice. He seems like he's a, a genuine person. And it's also like, oh, you know what I want to do? I, uh, I will also, so when somebody else follows me, I will fall, you know, like I will try to be a better podcaster. I'll try to be a better uh, member of the community with them. I, you know, it's inspiring to do that. Like as an adult, like, oh, I'm like, okay, this person makes me feel good. Let me try to pass it on. Um, right. That's good. It's in, and again, that kind of harkens back to it's, it's useful to have a, a community of like-minded people that, that tribe mentality you kind of talk about because obviously the times times get hard sometimes and there's a few things you know kind of diving into you know things that you know help us through some of these mentally hard times that's one of the my biggest go-tos and things is having having people close to you that you can talk to that you can share things with even if it's not related to what you're going through or trying to deal with 
you know, even if it's just as a distraction, just to talk about anything, to talk about video games. I mean, you know, we have a podcast. We talk about, you know, we spend, you know, at least an hour talking to each other every week just on here. You know, not to mention all the other, you know, times we like playing games together or doing other stuff. Absolutely. I think it's important, too, to kind of go back, you know, like so people can kind of understand where we're coming from. For me, so like I had to move around a lot. My father was um, his job. We had to move around a lot. So I had to learn how to make friends quick as a survival mechanism. And mm-hmm. I never really hang, hung out with one click over the other. I felt as good with some of the doctor's kids as I did with some of the goth kids as I did with my other athletes. Right. Um, I never really got too caught up in like which click was what or whatever. Um, and I think because of that, it made me more amicable to like make friends with people, you know, like you had a hard time in school. Oh, right. Yeah. I think it it's safe to say really tough. And it was easy for me, you know, knowing you through your family, you know, your family attended stuff that my family attended. Um, and so I got to know you early on, but I didn't get to know you on a personal level until we were what juniors or sophomores, something like that. Or I was a junior, maybe you were a sophomore and we around, got close. around there. Yeah. Either like you're a junior and I was a sophomore or you're a senior and I was a junior, like that kind of timeline, that, that period. You were like kind of stuck in a place where making friends wasn't super easy to you or like, well, like the friends that I had were very surface level. Cause like I, I kind of hung out with a lot of the socially rejects and, you know, and weirdos and geeks and nerds and like some of the goth kids and stuff at, in high school. But, you know, a lot of those people were all, a lot of them were very, you know, introverted and stuff. And so none of those friendships really extended out, outside of school you know, because yeah. all of us were very introverted. So it was tough for anybody to take any of those relationships or friendships and carry them outside of school. And so because of that, you know, once I left school and went home, I, I'm like, I had a couple friends again around the neighborhood we'd do stuff with, but other than that, there wasn't much of anything. Yeah. You were, you, you know, you're, you're very introverted as a person. Now, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm like the most extroverted person in the world. My wife would argue with that. Cause I, you know, the other day I went to the store and I wound up talking to like four people from high school that I knew, you know, and it took me like an hour to get home hour longer than it should have to get home. But, you know, I remember hanging out and playing games with you and stuff like that, just coming over and, um, not super good about, um, because I play so many cards, I'm not good about paying attention to all of them all the time. So like, um, like I would consider a lot of people really good friends, but I'm not always paying them attention. I think we're just friends without having to like kind of nurture that kind of thing. Well, Josh is like, you know, secluded himself because that's what happens as teenagers. We kind of begin to like, you know, even if we don't rebel, you know, you were close with your family, you know, you're close with your mom and your dad, Yeah. but you, you begin to kind of like, find out what's yours you know during that time like i definitely went through a a huge phase of depression as a as a high school kid and like it was that was a very tough and like a lot of that was like trying to look back on it and to kind of self-analyze i like i feel like a lot of it was just not feeling like i belonged in a place yeah or to any group because um 
a little backstory on me. I, uh, like the second or like halfway through the, the, my fourth grade year, I, like, I, I, I don't know if it's just something about the teachers that I had or like how they were teaching or how, like what kind of, you know, everybody's like, there's different kinds of learners. Like some people are more visual learners. Some people are more tactile learners, you know, kinesthetic auditory, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And I guess whatever type I was at the time and the teacher I had, it, it wasn't, there was no connection there and how she was teaching and stuff. Like none of it was sticking with me. None of it was holding my attention. None of it was sinking in. And none of it was working. And like, I, I remember we had like part of that class, I guess just the way she taught the class, like everybody had like a notebook and that notebook was like your notes notebook. And so anything that we kind of, she would talk about in the class or things that we would do, you would take notes on throughout like the semester and you would kind of write down stuff that you were working on, uh, different assignments and stuff. And you would keep like this log and, and like you, that your notebook, like that's, it was everything you did in class was in this notebook. And there was one day that she, I guess like, I don't know, noticed I wasn't doing something and came through, came by and like grabbed my notebook and started like looking through it. And there wasn't a thing in it. Like my notebook was just completely empty. And we were like halfway through the, the school year and I hadn't done anything like I hadn't wrote anything down, like I hated writing. And so like I hadn't copied anything down or done anything like that for the whole thing. And she like freaked out and was just like so upset and all this sort of stuff. And I don't exactly remember all the story cause it was so long ago. Um, I'd have to like check with my mom to get some more of the finer details on how it all went down. But essentially they, something happened where, you know, the teacher was either like, trying to get me in trouble or something or saying like bad things about me or just kind of talking about me in a bad light. And my parents weren't about that. And so they're like, I think they tried to either get me to put me in a different class or something. And, you know, they said the school said they couldn't do that for whatever reason. So they're just like, all right, well, see you later. We'll just take him out of here. And they took me out of public school. Mm -hmm. They took me and my sister both out. Actually, she was two grades higher than me. And, they just homeschooled us for, they homeschooled my sister for two years and then me for, I guess like three and a half or so. But I, I came back, I was, I was homeschooled for a number of years. And, you know, that was during a vital time of like when kids kind of socially mature and mature. socially grow up, you know, and you kind of learn all those nuances of how to interact socially with other kids and other people. And, that whole time was just, you know, me spent by myself primarily, you know, oftentimes like I would go because my parents had to work, they would take me up to my grandmother's house and I would have my little workbooks and I would do my stuff up there during the day. I would get my work done and then I would just watch Cartoon Network, you know, after I got my work done, but I was just by myself all the time. And so I missed out on a lot of that social maturity time. And so when I came back in the eighth grade, I was you know, it was a culture shock for me. And I was extremely quiet. I, th I maybe said five words like my entire eighth grade year. And because of that, I got picked on for being the quiet kid. And so my like first introduction, like kind of back into society was just like riddled with, you know, being picked on and bullied and stuff. Being and so, ostracized. Yeah. And being ostracized. And so 
then after that year when I went into high school, then I was just kind of set up for failure a little bit that I, I was not, I didn't have a good foundation or anything. And so like it took until my senior year and, you know, before I really started to kind of gain some semblance of like any kind of confidence or any, you know, ability to interact or talk with people or have more meaningful relationships or friendships. And, you know, I equate a good portion. It took that long and a great equate a good portion of that, you know, to you and the friendship that, you know, we developed in that later, later part of high school, you know, that, you know, you obviously, like, I feel like you kind of like educated me on a lot of social things that I just didn't know. And I kind of learned them through you in a sense and through our friendship and, you know, what it was like to like actually just be a teenager or young adult and kind of grow into that. Everybody has an origin story. You know, everybody, right. you know, we don't pick, who we're, we, we can't pick that when we're born, we can't pick who we're born to. We can't, we don't have that choice. And we are a product of nurture in our environment and, um, you know, nature and nurture. And I think it's one of those things that, um, you know, it's important for people to understand. Cause you know, when you, what, what you, when I hung out with you, I was so used to being, um, easygoing enough to where like, I didn't want to always be myself because I was always trying to make friends. Right. Or keep friends or whatever, or play whatever side. Right. You know, when I was hanging out with the most popular kids or when I was hanging out with athletes, you know, athletes didn't always, you know, back then it wasn't as popular to talk like, Hey, what'd you guys think of the phantom menace? You know, like, did you think Darth Maul is really cool? Tell me about it. You know, that wasn't, but that's something I thought was really cool. And so I wouldn't always get into it. So if there was a give and take, right, you got some stuff from me, but I also got some stuff from you in that you were authentically yourself because that's who you were. So there was, it was, it was very common for you to be like, oh no, I like this and I don't care what other people think about it. And I always thought that that was really cool. And it's something that I've developed as well, mm. even as an adult now as a 34 year old man trying to be like, I like Baldur's Gate three, you know, to people who yeah. aren't like, you know, I don't care necessarily what they think or whatever coworkers thinks being more authentically yourself. And I think that's an issue that people have and it's something that people knew you and got to know you, you know, like it's kind of where, like when I think about what do we geek out about? I think about you in that you were always authentically yourself. I like Dragon Ball Z. You would say it in front of other people. And I you well, would say things like that. And I would almost be like, Shh, no, 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 not now. This is the this is not the group. This is this is X group. You need to talk about that with Y group. And then maybe you can mention that to W group, but only on Saturdays when so and so is not, you know, that yeah, kind of thing. I was gonna say so I feel like back then, like I would like you said, be myself or do those things, but it was only either around like you or family kind of things because I was still, you know, afraid of what the outside world would think about me. Like I was comfortable enough, you know, around you and our friendship and the amount of time we spent together that I could authentically be myself. But it, it honestly wasn't like really like in-depthly thinking about it and like or critically thinking about it. I, I don't think I really was able to be my true self and express my true self to 
the world and everybody around me till I was probably like mid twenties. I was going to say like 25, 26 yeah. or so maybe even like, yeah, like 27, somewhere around there. Like it was and you know, a part of that was, you know, once I met and, and you started dating my now wife, you know, once I found somebody who really truly accepted and, and you know, was okay with who I was and would let me, you know, could still love me as my, you know, with me being my true self. Cause I, 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 I had a number of relationships where I, I changed myself to try and, you know, appease the other person kind yeah. of thing. And, and compl- like, I, I, like one of my last relationships, like I, I completely, you know, transitioned to a different person, like the way that I act, things that I was into some, even just like my, my morals and beliefs and things. And all of it was being tested to try and, you know, fit in with how they live their life and stuff. And to the point that I was even kind of like, distancing from my family and everything and you know it took them kind of calling me out and giving me a wake-up call of like you're not you you know you're not being yourself and eventually I finally kind of came to that realization and into that relationship and you know it was it was a number of years later before I eventually met my now wife um but that it was it was once that really kind of started to solidify that I really kind of came into comfort with myself and who I am. And that was probably one of the biggest moments in my life where I guess like when it comes to just the different times in my life where I've dealt with some type of mental strain or, you know, stress or anxiety or depression or whatever the current thing was I was dealing with, like it, I feel like I can say definitively, like it wasn't really until you know, me and her became a, a thing. And I, I felt the comfort in that, that I, I kind of felt that like a big weight of that either stress or anxiety or, or depression or whatever it is that, you know, these kinds of things that I've held for so much of my life that it was surprising how much of that weight I felt lifted off my shoulders. Once I just decided to start being my true self. Yeah. Cause then, you know, people like you for who you are, you know, yeah, and you, and you don't have to like, it, it can be so exhausting mentally and physically and emotionally to try to fit into something that you're not, or to try and be someone else or be something different than just what you want to be. And, you know, like, it, you know, be proud of things that you're interested in or that you geek out about. Yeah, exactly. You know, like you know, when, when you just get over all that stuff, worrying about what other people think about you, mm-hmm. then life just gets a lot easier. It's important for people to be able to talk to each other and move through things, I think, work through things. And you could go through something, Josh, and and you have been through something. You know, I'm going to have to go through at some point. And I think this is actually a topic for another podcast specifically dealing with loss. Yeah. You lost your father unexpectedly, um, you know, and you were very strong for that and you dealt with that really well. But I know when it happens to me, I'm going to have to rely on you somewhat because you've been there for me and it's going to be something that I'm going to seek 
not even advice, but just comfort from like, you have a place that you understand me right. from, but even if you didn't, even if, even if your father was still alive, I, if it happened to me first and what I hope at least I was for you a little bit, it was still comforting to you. And I know that you would be comforting to me as well. Right. And, and, and you know, you know, and of course, you know, I would do that and I would be there for you. I mean, yeah. on the night that that happened, you were like one of the first people that I called. Yeah, I know. You know, and you came to the hospital there and you were there with me that night. Yeah. And it like, I mean, I was, I was broken obviously. And like it, it helped having you there. So good. I'm glad. Um, I think it's like, I'd like to at least just kind of maybe do a little back and forth on some of the things that have, you know, that help us deal with some of those things, which, you know, obviously my, one of the biggest things in my whole life that has helped me through a lot of that has been video games. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, even still today, like, you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of society will rag on, you know, video games rotting your brain or whatever, but there's been so much in my life that, you know, being able to just, you know, kind of like a vacation of sorts, being able to step away from the, the everyday grind and be able to, just kind of be transported to some distant, you know, not even non-existent world, some fictional world, and to just be somebody else for a couple hours. Yeah. Can, like, that can, you know, you know, you, you could twist it and make it say, or you're just ignoring your problems, but, you know, in the same way that, like, if you've got a pot on the stove or a pan that's, like, really hot, you know, even after you're done cooking with it, like, you know, before you're trying to handle and move around, sometimes you you just gotta let it, you gotta step away from it, let it sit on the stove for a while to cool down, and kind mm-hmm. of you know simmer out before you can handle it and wash it clean. Sometimes you just gotta step away from things, just and just let things kind of work themselves out in the background, and just do something else for a while. And oftentimes, and then you can reapproach it, you know, through a clear mind and you know think logically and not emotionally. And to realize that, you know, maybe something you're stressing out really ain't that big a deal. Yeah. Digital. I think it's like digital decompression. Really. It's, it's like, a, it's, it's not a, good a bad term. thing to do, you know, it's something to do. And if it's something, it's what you enjoy, you know, if you enjoy something and it's something that brings joy to you, of course, you're going to seek that little bit of light in a dark spot, I think. And that's important. You know, if what made you forget things and you got lost was like in an engine, you know, if like it was like, well, I want to get lost in a 1977 Corvette's engine yeah. for an hour. That's awesome. And you should do that. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing I would say, and this is something I deal with for, for work purposes, is I deal with a lot of people who are in the worst, they're having one of the worst days of their life or whatever, and they can't think clearly. And the reason why they can't is because they're so emotional and it's okay. That's fine. They're supposed to be because it's a bad day for them. But one thing I tell them and what I see the most results for is when you're in a bad situation, think about someone like your sister, your best friend or whatever, and logically think about the advice that you would give them in a similar situation. That's usually what I go to is I try to think of it from a third person looking in perspective when I'm making decisions about these kind of things. And I find that that's pretty helpful. And um, when I tell people that I'm like, well, you know, they'll be having a rough time. I'm like, what would you tell your, who's your, who's your closest friend? And sometimes they say nobody Mm. and it's hard. It's hard to come out of that.
I would say this. Think about it. I would say, who's your closest friend? And they'll say, John Doe or Jane Doe. Okay. What would you tell Jane Doe right now? What would you tell John Doe right now? And they sigh. They always sigh, right? They're like, I would tell them that they should probably do this. So you know what the right advice is. It's just hard for you to do. It's hard for you to move on emotionally, right? And I think a lot of times I get places with people in that same situation, especially when they're in the heat, heat, heat of the moment. Right. Um, you know, I think digital decompression is great for me. It's one of the things I like doing. Um, I like writing. So sometimes I just go off on my own world and start making it. But even if you're a nerd or a geek, right? Those, and being fit, those two aren't mutually exclusive, you know? Um, I think I would feel, I feel much better about myself. I, f I get a little bit of a dopamine release just from working out, oh, yeah. you know, even if it's like, you know, you can find ways to, to get physically active that, that does help your body in ways that aren't always fighting people or running or whatever, Yeah, you know, it could be just walking around. It could be going to the store, going to the video game store instead of going online and walking around. It could be rollerblading. It could be roller skating, whatever it is, yeah. some movement, you know, I'm a big guy, right? I'm not, I'm not trying to like shame anybody. There's people, but moving around is good for you. It for says sure. it's good for you. It says the sun's good for you, right? Getting out of our dungeons, looking outside, that kind of thing. I think that's another issue that we deal with, you know, like. Right. There's something to be said about getting out and touching grass, you know, from time yeah. to time. Getting out, getting the sun's getting sunshine and a little vitamin D, it, it actually can greatly improve your mood a lot. And I know, and I've went through multiple phases through my life of, you know, working out or doing some kind of having some kind of physical activity, whether it be some martial art or just going to the gym or exercising. And the times when I was, you know, in the midst of that, I definitely like physically, I mean, or I was going to say, uh, like I've had moments where emotionally, like it's the best I felt in, you know, compared to times when I wasn't doing it. That's something I'm yeah. wanting to do, you know, now is, is get back into some kind of gym or something to, to continue back with that. It's just, it's, it's hard to get started with something like that. It it's is. easier to maintain than it is to get started for sure. You know, and I'm a big guy, you know, like I, I don't love how big I've gotten, you know, I was a good, one of the things that I deal with, and this is a very personal thing that I'll tell our listeners is I was such a good athlete, right. Or I was so strong, you know, like I was a very, you know, I feel like it's like when I was younger, I feel like for some reason we were just stronger back then than some of the kids that, you know, I was, I've been a coach and, and stuff. I, I remember people, it was very regular for people in my high school football thing, you know, where there was a bunch of us that were bench pressing over 400 pounds. Right. And then when you come back to it and you're like, well, I can't get, you know, now I'm having trouble bench pressing 315, Right. Which is something I used to, I could warm up with. Right. right? When you do that and then people, you think people think you're weak. Right. And that's something that you deal with. You're like, Oh, now people think I'm, I'm weak or like I used to, we get caught in these, like I used to situations sometimes yeah. where we don't try to make ourselves better because we're afraid of like what we're at. And realistically, it's something that I'm working on, right? Like, you know, when I get my brown belt, um, 
for a while now, I've said, well, when I get my brown belt in jujitsu, I'm going to try to make a world championship run. Um, and I'm going to get in really good shape and like, you know, be, have like a fight camp attitude, but there's, I think right now, and it's something I've thought about the last couple of days, to be honest, while I've been on vacation is that I could already be doing that. I could already be setting myself up for success when I got to that level. I don't need, but the problem is I, like many other people, whether it comes to diets or working out or whatever, I'm often looking for a Genesis event. Me too. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for a, you're speaking to my, my heart right now. Cause I I felt that same thing so many times. I'm like, I wait for this, this something to happen. And that's when I'm going to start. And that's yes. when I'm going to make the change. And that's when I'm going to get into it. Uh, and and Remember, like, I'll, I'll wait for the Japan trip to be over or I'll, you know, wait for, you know, us to get through this rush at work or I'll wait for this. And, and there, like when I get past whatever the thing is, my brain immediately just flashes onto whatever the next thing is. And yeah. it constantly gets delayed, constantly gets procrastinated and constantly gets pushed away. And then before you know it, two or three years have passed and you still haven't done it. Exactly. You know, and then people can get depressed by that because like, oh, you know, like, and they'll, they'll wallow in it sometimes because sometimes it feels good to be like, oh, like we like to wallow in our own self-pity. And there's that, nothing that, wrong with that. That's but kind it's, of the, it's, the lashback that happens it is like you go through that thing after thing after thing. And then you have that moment where after enough of those happen, that builds up and you get this moment of acknowledging all those times that you've let pass. And then you can fall into this like this lull of like, now you're just feel, you know, bad about yourself because you let all these times go by and you still didn't do it. And here you still are mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and wallowing in it feels good and it's okay. Sometimes we, sometimes you're going to do that. The problem is, is you can't let that, like, I think of it like a pig wallowing in mud, you know, like just getting in it and just like, ah, I'm, I'm a bad person. I'm whatever. The problem is, is when that turn, when that mud turns to quicksand and it pulls you in and you can't get out of it. And I think that's the issue. And if you're aware of that, then you need to avoid it. You know, I see a lot of issues with, you know, we talked about earlier. Um, I think this is just me as I'm, I'm saying this, uh, this is not meant to be like, this is what I have the most experience with is there's a lot of men right now, right? I know we have women listeners. We have men listeners. We have young men, young women. There's a lot of men that don't have a, a they don't have belonging. They have, they don't belong to mm. something. They have this sense. Of, and I, I see it, you know, we, there, it's kind of, we have this surface level thing. You know, we, we, we both listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. I have not listened to it as much lately you know, since they've gone to Spotify, but you, you hear like the David Goggins or you hear the Jocko Willink, right? Yeah. People can get inspired by that thing, but there it's like setting them up sometimes for, they either have to do an entire personality shift or lifestyle shift to be that person or they fail at it and it makes it more difficult for them. Yeah. And for me, it's, it's been, sorry to interrupt you. Um, like I've had moments where I've like would you know, get real in to some of those people and kind of follow them. And like, like, like Goggins, like I, I had a moment where I, I listened to his whole book, like on audio on audible and I like those things like that. They're like super motivational and you know, they got me to get out and, you know, running up and down my street like early in the morning kind of thing. And I, and I get on these phases and stuff, but then it's like, it, it's just, 
a uh it, it, it's like using a a temporary fuel source that yep. eventually runs out and you know or like it's just it's just kindling it, it's kindling like it's getting the fire going and getting it you know burning and you know building up and stuff but until i take the time and do the hard like work of you know chopping the big logs to put into that fire and build a foundation for it to really last and become something you know greater than its little kindling self you know i'm never going to really be able to make that lifestyle change where i am working out consistently for a long period of time where it just becomes part of my routine like it's, yeah. it's going to take that little bit of that hard work to just step out of the comfort zone and you know get sweaty and get tired and and do the step out of your comfort zone and do the things you don't want to do before you can really build the foundation for that fire to make it something that is sustainable and not just a bright little kindling that'll burn bright for you know an hour or two but then fizzle out just because someone um is a successful business they don't doesn't mean they have it all figured out oh no right you know who might have it figured out the guy that runs your local bait shop your mm. dad your uncle your best friend a friend that you from work right they might have it figured they might have what you need figured out because none of us do right we're yeah. all living on this rock hurtling through space at thousands of miles per hour into the expanding universe orbiting a sun that's going to explode in a couple billion years and none of us really know what we're doing and we all just need to find our tribe i think i couldn't say it any better and like any tribe you know geeks fight better together geeks do fight better together you know and like you said you know keep geeking out if you guys like stuff you know talk to your friends about it because be authentically yourself because that's probably maybe what somebody needs so um with that said feel free to send us an email to geek at geek etc podcasts at gmail.com follow us on instagram and twitter at geek etc podcast you can listen to this on youtube at geek etc podcast that's the title of our youtube channel uh, we try to release on Wednesdays wherever you get your podcasts. And, you know, also uh, you can join the crew, be part of our Discord, like Tom and Ben. Um, and you can find that where, Josh? You can just find that uh, through our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Once again, go there, become a crew member, and get access to our Discord. Heck yeah. Um, and, you know, I'll say this. Um, congratulations to whoever our winner is of the Baldur's Gate 3 giveaway. Uh, we look forward to the launch day tomorrow. And, yeah, you know, geeks fight better together. Join the Instagram. You know, follow us on Instagram. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Give us a rating on there if you can. Uh, on, on Sorry, on one of the podcasting platforms. That's always helpful for us. Um, if Even if you can't give your money, which is fine. And uh, we appreciate you guys. We sure do. And with that, I'll leave it for today. Keep geeking out.